Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Hello and welcome to The Living Room. Come on in, grab a seat and get comfy. We're an open and honest group of women in various ages and stages of life. We're willing to get real and tell it like it is. We're also willing to share what works for us and hope you'll find something here today that works for you too. My name is Christy and I'll be your host for today's discussion. I'm joined today by Kate, Jody, Connie, Heather, Michelle. Okay, and today's topic is something that I think as women we can all relate to. We're asking the question, what did you gain when you lost? So no, we're not talking about pounds and inches. I'm sure we'll have lots of other shows for that. But we're talking about those moments that come for us all when, as Robert Frost says, two roads diverge in a yellow wood. We're talking about those times when there are two paths to choose and you choose the one less traveled by. Often this comes for us in the form of a sacrifice. So today let's delve into sacrifice a little bit. A couple of weeks ago, I wrote on a social media post about a friend of mine who was in one of these two roads diverging moments. I was really shocked at the response I got. Friends from all over, friends I hadn't heard from for in forever, were contacting me. There were uh, posts and emails and messages, and the topic was really resonating. And I guess I hadn't realized how much we all relate to sacrifice. Anyway, the friend of mine that had the experience was our very own Kate. Mm-hmm. So I am asking if she will share with us her story. Okay, so when I started writing, um, I remember reading a post from an author, and he talked about how it took him seven years and three or four books to finally get published. And as I'm sitting there writing my first novel, I remember thinking, oh, shoot me now, if it takes me (laughs) seven years, and all of you writers in here know exactly what I'm talking about. And fast forward to seven years later, and that's exactly what it had taken. And I'm still not there. But um, I... Um, I was waiting for my breakthrough or that in. And you realize as somebody who's not known in the writing community, it's very hard to get published. So I was still waiting for that big breakthrough. And that came in the form of a girl who was a blogger who had become really well known. And she had wrote, written a humorous essay. And I thought it was so funny. So I wrote her and I just said, hey, I just had to tell you from one writer to another that this was so funny. I appreciated it and loved it. And And by the way, here's one of my stories I just wanted to tell you, um, or wanted to send you, it's kind of a similar experience. I thought you might enjoy it. And I don't know why I sent it to her just on a whim. I sent her and it was a humorous essay. Well, a couple, a couple hours later, I got um, a response back from her and she said, oh my gosh, Kate, we laughed so hard. I'm collaborating with 10 other women on this book of short humorous stories about motherhood. And we would love for you to join us in this book. And I just thought, you've got to be kidding me. After seven years and billions of what felt like billions of times of being rejected, this just landed in my lap. And um, I was like, absolutely, I would love to. So I submitted this story, and that's the one she wanted to use. Well, very shortly after that, um, 
I started to get to know these other women that were in this group. And I realized very quickly that they did not share the same belief system that I shared. And it was evident in the way that they spoke and, and the things that they spoke about. And they were great girls, very kind, but um, we just differed in, in our um, beliefs. And because of that, there was this little gnawing thing in the back of my head that I thought, what if this whole thing landing in my lap that I viewed as a thing from God and this huge blessing was really something to see if I was willing to sacrifice and if I would walk away from this opportunity that was my in. And I thought, there's no way. God wouldn't do that to me. It's been seven <laughs> years. I've already been rejected a billion times. That's not what this is. Well, that's exactly what this was. So <laughs> to make a long story short. So anyway, um, I started to read about each of these girls who were on the Today Show and had been huge bloggers and they were all really well known except for me. And I knew that if I was a part of this book, I would get huge publicity. And so um, after, after doing that and reading about these girls, a lot of them, one of the biggest things was they would use the Lord's name in vain. And it was very derogatory. And I'm a Christian. And the way that they spoke about this person who, to me, was the person that had given me this talent and who I respected so much. And to use his name in the derogatory way, I just knew that I couldn't be affiliated with this book. And so I pulled out of it. Okay. <clears throat> Thanks, Kate. I, I think we're all sitting here right now thinking about those times when we're called on, we're at the yellow road, and what do we what do we choose? So let's just open it up. Anyone have a story? Yes, I will share one that happened just, I guess it was about six weeks ago at the time of this recording, but we, um, I have been working on a few different business opportunities and trying to get some consistency through some of the different things that I have. And I was approached by a woman who asked me to become a partner with her in this business of hers. And, um, we looked at everything and we put everything on paper and it, it was a no brainer. It was a no brainer. <laughs> and similar to kind of what Kate talked about, it looked like this little miracle thing had happened in my lap. It was guaranteed residual income within four weeks. Um, she showed me the team. She showed me everything that was going to happen on it. I, I talked to high level people. I talked to everybody involved and everything on paper was great. And her requirement of me was to host one call a week for, um, to help people grow their businesses through social media. And so it really was a total of four hours a month for about $1,250 a month to start. And so for me, I was like, that's not a bad hourly wage. I'm not going to take 300 bucks an hour for the work that I do. And um, everything got put on paper. And and I felt like I had, I had thought it through. And I talked to my husband and I had prayed about it. And um, the second I signed the document, I got a pit in my heart. The second I signed the document. <laughs> And I wrestled with it for a couple of days and I thought through it. I was trying to talk to my husband. I'm like, why couldn't I have gotten this answer before? Yeah. And, um, but it was interesting because what I learned, well, I'm not going to go into exactly what I learned about that. But one thing that I think is really interesting is that it happened after the fact to test me to see that if, if I was still willing to back out when I knew it was wrong and the sacrifice. And I know that not everything is about the money, but the wrestle that I went through for a week before I actually called her on the phone was like, I don't know why I can't figure this out. I don't know what it is. Um, but I am not supposed to do this and it doesn't make sense, but I know it's the right thing. And, um, sometimes we walk away from things and as a busy mom who wants quick and easy fixes and who wants to be able to say, Hey, this is regular income. Um, I had to walk away from that. And just listen to that, that intuition, that spirit that says, for whatever reason, this timing is just a little off. Um, I was just thinking about to do with the writing years and years ago, 
I had an opportunity that fell in my lap to, to sign a contract and they were literally the man is very well known publishing company came to my home to bring the contract to me to sign it. And I had the pen in my hand oh. and I'm sitting there and I'm feeling this pressure. I felt I was like, this is amazing. This is so wonderful. And he's sitting right there. And I was like, and then I had to put it down. I said, I, I'm sorry, I can't sign this. And that this is not a do-do-do-do. Like everything has to be this intense thing. But I, I didn't understand it. And it wasn't until a few years later when I was talking to other people about working with this publishing company that I started to understand what I would have literally signed away. And later I was able to sign with a publishing company that I had a different experience with and, and was a springboard to other things that I'm doing now. And I'm so grateful that that I followed that, that gut feeling. I think that's the huge thing. We think it's this big sacrifice, but then when we make it, there's a peace that comes that you can't deny. Right. Um, I know for myself, I had an experience when I was in college where I had been accepted to Juilliard. I've been, I'd been accepted to Emerson college of performing arts and numerous schools and I had chosen to stay at a more local state-run school for financial reasons. Even with scholarship monies, I was going to leave acting school with several hundred thousand dollars of debt if I went to the art schools. And let me tell you, actors just don't make that kind of money. So <laughs> I chose a, a local state school. And there I encountered a lot of pressure and they finally got to a point where they said, look, if you want to continue in our program, here are the three things you're going to have to do. You have to say these words that I was not comfortable saying. You have to take off your clothes. You have to do these things. Um, or you can't be in our program. And there I was facing this dream that I'd always wanted since I was three years old. Or choosing this other way, which was totally unclear. That's the thing about these choices. The one road is very, very clear. <laughs> and the harder choice is really, really fuzzy. Um, but I chose to withdraw from that school. So that was kind of my moment. We've established, I think, that sacrifice is something we're all called on to do. But if the discussion ended right there, I think we'd all feel really, really discouraged um, <laughs> of, yeah, I didn't get my dreams to come true. <laughs> Nothing ever happened. Pass the chocolate. Um, Pass the chocolate. Yeah, exactly. Um, so sometimes I think, though, we do stop there and we go, oh, well, I have to give my dreams up. And I think that that's the temptation but what if we saw our sacrifices in a little bit of a different way? What if we chose to look at our sacrifices as what they actually are? And that is gifts. Um, there's a, a businessman and local religious leader who's passed away. His name is Neil A. Maxwell. And he once said that the submission of one's will is really the only uniquely personal thing we have to place on God's altar. For me, God is my higher purpose. For you, it might be something or someone else. Whatever is sacred for you, we have to think of our sacrifices for higher purpose. Does that resonate with anyone? Absolutely. I, I think of the things that I know today at 46 that I didn't know at 26. 
And what I want to say to that younger self is, hey, you've got time, babe. There's mm-hmm. nothing more that you have than time. Why are you in such a hurry? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember leaving, you know, a high rise in Dallas, Texas and driving away. And I've got my little nine month old daughter that I'm going to be picking up at daycare because I've made the decision to do the stay at home mom thing. And realizing that the little plaque that says my name with my with my title under it, there's not one at the house that says that. You know? <laughs> Making my own. And but all I could think of was, oh my gosh, here's my little box, here's my stapler, here's a few manila envelopes, and here's a few of my you know tapes that I've acquired over the years from the broadcast that I had produced, and and realizing that I was going to get to go to the park with my daughter without a time frame and nobody saying that I needed to be, you know, at this meeting or that meeting. And it was the right time to make that decision. And uh, I'd look back and I think all the things I learned, I wouldn't trade for anything, but I did have to sacrifice something in that moment to realize that now that I'm 46, my daughter is now 19. Some other opportunities are coming back, but you know what? It's not in a big high rise and that's okay. So I, I look at it as yes, it's sacrificing and it's a gift, but part of that gift is accepting the fact that you're going to learn and you're going to grow and you're going to be something better and uh, and you're going to like who you are if you just let it be. Because those two roads are both good roads. So many times they're both good. Right. But they both lead to two places that you have to decide who do I want to be, really. And I'm grateful for... I don't know, the top, the, the twists and turns that have allowed me to be where I am that maybe didn't end up with, you know, the big uh, title on the door. Maybe that's not really what I wanted in the first place, but it took me, you know, some twists and turns to understand that. Well, and I think it's important to stop looking backwards. Mm. I think when we, you know, we sacrifice and then we're constantly looking behind us, like, what am I missing? What did I give yeah. up? When instead we forget, oh, we made that sacrifice because what is in front of us is what's most important or is what I've always wanted to do or, you know, but we, we get caught in a trap when our heads are always cranked behind us thinking, mm-hmm. Oh, but they're having so much fun back there or that defined me then, or, but we're moving forward. And so I think we have to do that. I think we have to accept that we made the sacrifice. We chose it, right? We, no one made us do it. We have to accept and take ownership of that and then look forward so that, you know, whatever higher power we believe in or don't believe in can, can provide us with all those amazing, you know, blessings that come with being willing to have the courage and faith to move forward. But it's a that. forward progress, not not backwards. I love that. that word, forward, yeah. forward. And sacrifice does come from the Latin, which literally means to make sacred, to make sacred. And if you can make this sacrifice sacred, and like you say, Heather, go forward. Um, then it becomes less of a loss. You know, it's funny. I just love all of this. It just reminds me so much that we go back to what our soul knows is right for us and our purpose. And I remember being back even in high school, we were doing a class and we were filming some things. It's the first time I'd ever been on film. And I remember this guy peeking out from behind the camera. He says, wow, you're really good. And I, I could feel it. Like I knew that I could do this. And in the day, the anchors was Jessica Savage. And you know, like that, I remember. Are you that old? Stuff about oh, yes, I am. And I remember, I remember thinking I could be Jessica Savage. I want to be an anchor. I want to be that news anchor. And then my dream was to be this broadcast journalist. And then I got into college and I found out what that required for family life. And I thought, I, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can do it. But I got to tell you, my heart was breaking because I thought I, I, I was at home in the chair and I loved it. 
but I put it aside and I went to elementary education. No offense to anyone out there. But <laughs> I did. But at my school, that was kind of the, the girls just wanted to get married and didn't want to do anything really and just kind of like hang out and look for boys. And so I was like, oh, so it was kind of a rub for me. But fast forward, I get this phone call and there's this main studio in our, our main state city. And, and they said, Hey, we're doing this family show. And guess what? I get to sit alongside the most popular news anchor on one side and another 12 time Emmy winning other Emmy winning guy on the other side. And I literally, I, I auditioned and I was huge as a house after having a baby. And I was, mm. and I remember them saying to me, I remember thinking, why is it that they chose me? And they said, because you're real. And that realness had come from being a mother. They wouldn't have chosen me had I not had those experiences. And there I sat. And one time I remember we were out in the, the hallway and I'm talking with this gentleman that was this big anchor. And I said, you know, it's really, he said, how'd you do get into this? And I said, you know, what's funny. This is so perfect for my life. We filmed three or four episodes on a Saturday, once every three months. Perfect for my life. And I said, this is so ideal for me. And I didn't realize that I'd have an opportunity like this. And he said, you're lucky. He said, you need to remember how lucky you are because you missed all the garbage. You missed the weekend assignments. You missed all the graveyard assignments. You missed all the yuck. And look at what you're doing. And I thought, I stepped back and went, yeah, it's better. And so my, my point is, truly great opportunities will come back around and they will be more tailored if we trust in the timing. We have to trust in the timing and our gut so often is saying it's it's a great thing, but it's not the right time or it's not really going to get you where you think it's going to go. So trust in that timing. Right. Um, I love that. <clears throat> I, I think it would be naive of us to sit here all around and talk about this and not to acknowledge that there is pain in sacrifice, <laughs> that sacrifice. And we not all have drugs. <laughs> <laughs> not if you take drugs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, but there is pain in sacrifice. And, you know, we are coming to you with these stories with our hindsight yes. and Ooh. hindsight and is face. always 2020 <laughs> yeah. that yeah. that typical saying um i'm still angry by the way. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but we can say oh look at how we've grown and, and everything and we will and we'll delve into that a little bit later but i want to acknowledge that it wouldn't be a gift if it was painless mm-hmm. and if we're offering these things from ourselves to our higher power to that source that makes us who we are. It has to be a gift and the gift wouldn't be there without pain. I still feel the ache that I will never stand on a Broadway stage. For 14 years, I went to the bathroom at intermissions and bawled and bawled my eyes out of plays because I missed it so much, but it was a gift. Um, The next question I wanted to pose to the group is what do our sacrifices look like when we acknowledge the pain but choose to give of our own will for something more. So I want to hear the rest of your story, Kate. We ended up with you just decided not to do it. So what's the rest of the story? (laughs) So first of all, I have to say the girl was so kind to me when I bailed the night before they were publishing this book. And she also said to me, I wondered when I got to know you if this was not the right fit for you. And that was a compliment to me. I appreciated Mm, that. That was gracious too. Oh, so gracious. And I appreciated that she could see that I had, um, that my beliefs were resonating in how I acted. And so, yes, so gracious. Anyway, um, so the, how it ends up is, um, 
gosh, that was a couple years ago. And just about a month ago, I was sitting um, somewhere and looking at Facebook on my phone. And one of the girls that was a part of this group had posted that this book that they did had just hit the New York Times bestseller <laughs> list. <laughs> And I was like, bring on the chocolate. Where's the dregs? There's the pain. There it is. And I jokingly text my husband. I'm like, guess what? That book made the New York Times bestseller list. It was an almost bestseller. (laughs) Almost bestseller. And he just wrote back and he's like, awesome. And I just started to laugh. But, and for that moment, there was that feeling of, gosh, I could have had that or I could have. And honestly, the moment I had that thought, and and I know for me, it was the spirit. I felt what I call the spirit or, or, you know, from Heavenly Father, whatever you call it. But immediately I felt this, this feeling that just said to me, and how many more people would have known that you were associated with something that you should not have been. And I never even thought of that. And I just thought, thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for not putting me, for helping me to see that I did not want to be in a position that would have later made me feel so uncomfortable and ashamed because of who I was affili- what I was affiliated with. And I also thought, I didn't just represent me as a Christian. I represented 15 million other people who believed what I believed. And anyone that read that who would have thought, oh, she's a Christian. Well, I didn't know that they were okay with that, or I didn't know. And that would not have been okay with me to represent that as a Christian. So I look at it as, you know, a little bit of a philosophical, from a philosophical standpoint. You know, what is your true self? What is your true nature? And, uh, I, I think that's something that we spend a lifetime discovering um, that our, our, our God, our Father in Heaven knows who that is. But we have the opportunity to look at those two yellow, you know, those two roads diverging in that yellow path and saying, this is, this is discovery. Sometimes we're going to make mistakes. I, you know, I'm never going to be any fa- anybody famous. <clears throat> that's okay. I, I'm totally at peace with that. I love being Jacqueline's mom. I love being Sydney's mom. I love being the wife to Christian. Um, And I think when there's peace in who your true self is, um, those other things are the icing on the cake, but it's not necessarily who you are. Those are the gifts that what you said, Christy, earlier, those are the gifts and I get to celebrate those, but it's not who I am. Those are the fillers. You know, I am my true self. And I I think that's just something we work on daily and it's something we learn. We learn and grow. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? What was the gift in the story you shared earlier? Well, I was just thinking, gosh, I wish I had that yet. I don't. Because I'm still in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of um, seeing what I lost and seeing the pain, but the gift hasn't come yet. But I'll tell you the gift that comes from making those decisions, because we all have those crossroad mo- crossroad moments where we have to decide which way we're going to go. And once I made one, I made the first decision that I that was wrong, obviously. And then when I went back and told her, the peace that I felt afterwards was great. And I thought, if nothing else comes from this, but that my intuition grows, or that my connection with my heavenly Father is stronger, or that He knows He can trust me, that's the best gift. And I know, also know that he has a hand in my life and I have to believe that something better is going to come, even if it has nothing to do with a financial correlation, but that the time that I have and the limited time that I have and how I'm already packed to the brim, that maybe that was going to be too much or maybe something even more wonderful that's more in alignment with my goals and my future. This had nothing to do with who I'm really trying to be, um, but it was something that was also going to give me the financial stability to be able to do what I was going to be. So <laughs> I still just trust the process and know that my connection to my intuition is stronger. And if that's the gift, that's it. 
You know, I love that. Oh, I just, I get so inspired, sorry, by all of these things, except for mine, but I'm excited about what you guys say. And I was thinking just the other night, I, I was had the opportunity to go to a writing conference and Martine Levitt, I don't know if anybody is familiar with her. She writes beautiful books, is very well known. And um, in the writing community, teaches at the Vermont College of Fine Arts. And she was the keynote speaker and a beautiful, beautiful speech. But what she shared was she shared what what happened with her personalized sort of plan and, and of experience of becoming a writer. You have this one idea of how it's going to happen. Then you have this other one. I, I'm sorry. That's all leaning towards a lot of writing today, but what she said was so powerful. She said, um, Virginia Woolf said, all she needs to write is time and space. And she said, I needed that too. I needed time and space. And she said, I asked God for time and space and he gave me more children. And she said, this does not make sense. And it's true. But I found the same thing in my own life. I've wanted to write. I've wanted to do all of these other things. And what did God do? He gave me seven. Seven. And I remember at four being, I'm good. We're, we're good. Four is good. I'm happy with four. And saying you know like a mantra. You know why you got the other three, right? You know Because I that still didn't do the first four, right? But I, I look at that and no, I, I think. I don't think that's what you Yeah, I don't think that's what you I just laughed. But that like, was a really oh, nice thank you, you, you think <laughs> but I look at that and I think, you know what? I am a better mother. I'm a better writer. I'm a better person because in my situation of having those other children, that's exactly where I wanted to go, but I didn't see it. I was looking at a short-term solution and we, we tend to do that in life. What's that quick short-term solution when we're not willing necessarily to stick in there for the longer one and accept it? But we'll do it in, in, in increments. We'll, we'll do this sacrifice and we'll do that one. And it hurts and we kick and we scream and we tantrum. And then we get to that later point and we go, oh, I get it. Face palm. But I, I look at that with that keynote address. And here's this woman who is at a totally different grandmother stage of life. And I really, I took heart from that. That as every time it's painful for me, every time I don't, I have three books that are rough. And I just, if I could just get a week, I could pop that baby out. But I have to just lay it aside for things of a better and just know that what I'm doing now is actually adding traction to the very thing that I want to happen in the future. You're making mm -hmm. room. And I just have to tie in our show. We're living room. That's right. Yeah. Isn't that what we want to do? Amen. We want to make nice living time. room. Yeah. Well, and I think as, as it's much easier to say all these things than do them, right? Yes. Than to feel that real pain. But I think there comes a point where we have to accept the fact that if we're going to make the sacrifice, we have to do it with a willing heart mm -hmm. and a willing mind and willing hands and say, okay, I'm willing to give this up, knowing full well that whatever comes might be tomorrow and it might be when we're 90 and, and maybe it will never come and we'll never understand it. But I think we really hurt ourselves when we're constantly bemoaning the sacrifice we made. And again, I know that's easier to say, but I think sometimes, especially as women, we make these sacrifices and then we carry this martyrdom on our backs. Like but who, who, who does that? Right? What? <laughs> yeah look at all that I sacrificed or look what I gave up yeah. for these kids or look what I gave up for this husband or, but, but that doesn't help us ever really see all the beauty that's going to come from the fact that we stayed true to our own selves. Mm -hmm. And perfect. so we have to accept, we again made this sacrifice and if we made it, gosh, darn it, let's change our attitude and let's be joyful and let's look forward so that whatever it is that is there for us, we can actually see because I know for me, I can't always see it when I'm still bemoaning what I gave up. Mm -hmm. And so I've got to change that attitude and, and realize it's there. If only I will stop whining and complaining 
about the things that I lost or think I lost or gave up. So sorry. And I have to mention that as she's speaking, this is Heather. She is rocking her sweet little baby that she was <laughs> quietly feeding with the bottle and speaking of sacrifice in the moment. And she's pregnant. And she's pregnant. I mean, that is, <laughs> no, this is lucky real. that she's really, really tired. <laughs> I just love what you said, Heather. Um, the word that's jumping out to me is willing. Um, I was in a meeting the other day and the speaker said, what are you willing to give up to be who you're supposed to be? And that's really hitting it for me. It's become really clear to me in this conversation that there's so much to be gained when we lose. And so I want you to think about what did you gain? What have you gained when you've lost? The great stories of our lives are built on the conflict not on the easy things. That's why you never go to a movie and see the boring things. You see the conflict. It's the sacrifice, the hard things. These are the things that build mighty characters. And I think at the end of our lives, what we really want to be is mighty characters. One of my favorite authors, the person who has taught me to champion story, Donald Miller, has said, it wasn't necessary to win for the story to be great. It was only necessary to sacrifice everything. Mm -hmm. And all of us here today can attest that in being willing to sacrifice everything, you will find the woman you are always meant to be. I encourage you to continue the conversation on www.fromthelivingroom.com. There you can join in a more in-depth discussion on our show today, listen to some of our other shows, and find links to our individual blogs and websites. We hope that you'll join us again and add your spirit to our community. In the meantime, enjoy the gift of your sacrifices, and won't you please give yourself and your family some living room today. Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.